Hey, good evening and a very good day to everybody uh, from wherever in the time zones that we are all joining in. Uh, I'm Sarika Karbanda, the host of Perspectives of Change show. Welcome to our show today. Uh, at Perspectives of Change, we are dedicated to exploring how to not change forward by understanding and valuing multiple perspectives. On the show today, we have two very special guests, uh, practitioners and masters in their fields, I would say, the little that I know of them already now. Uh, I'd like to start by introducing you to Matthew Runnicles, uh, who is the Deputy Head of Investment Banking Operations Technology at Societe Generale Global Solutions Center in Bangalore. Hey, Matthew. Hello, Sarika. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us today. And our second guest is uh, Sumant Nayak, uh, who is uh, Head HR Business Partners at Societe Generale Global Solutions Center, Bangalore. Hi, Sumant. Hey, everyone. Thanks, Arika, for having us. Pleasure. So welcome, Matthew, and welcome, Sumant. Um, I'm now going to introduce the topic, and we'll head right into the conversation that we have planned for the day uh, sounds like it's a very exciting topic, especially for myself, uh, because I've been doing this for many years and now seeing practitioners and masters in this field now from Societe General, of course. So, yeah, we'll see what stories we have lined up for everybody. So, yes, we are living in the VUCA world today and uh, our experience, I think the pandemic has shown, has been literally volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. And the speed at which an organization can really uh, showcase its agility is by enabling that agility also in its supporting or enabling functions. Uh, today, the journey that we bring to you from Sumant and Matthew is uh, the journey between business and HR, uh, an important enabling function in an organization as we know. And the topic we have today is HR is our business. I'm not sure whose business it is, but we will find out. Or is business HR? Uh, it's an interesting topic. So my first question to both of you to begin the conversation uh, is um, why this journey, right? And maybe why this journey together, but it's a broader question, why this journey? Okay, thank you, Sadiq. So I'll take that first, because I guess the Agile journey started uh, in the business and uh, so in in society general so as many of you probably know we're a French bank so in, in Paris the agile journey started in IT about four years ago for the classic reasons of customer focus um, value delivery improved productivity improved quality and uh, quickly when it was presented to operations uh, and I was in operations at the time we quickly saw the similarities with the lean um, management principles Right. And we quickly saw the benefits. As it happened, then the lady who was the head of operations globally, she then became the COO of the investment bank. And uh, she has really taken on board the, the, the world of Ajar. And, uh, and to the point where now we culminated last year with a huge reorg and uh, we brought IT and operations together. So we are, we are managed under a single management structure. Um, and uh, utilizing the agile mo models and way of uh, of product uh, product owners, feature teams, product management teams, etc. So that that's really why the journey um, and and where where it's where it comes from. I guess the part with uh, HR 
clearly if you go through any huge organizational change, HR will be involved. So, you know, they're, they're to manage our people, things, and we need to work together on that. And I'm not sure it's been a conscious decision. I, I'll let uh, someone, someone comment on that. But HR will have seen, uh, you know, they, they, they will have had to understand the agile journey. They will have seen the practices. And also from a, from a, a IT and operations perspective, you know, agile is a mindset. And that mindset will also rub off on, uh, on, on, on everyone that we are involved in, in from a stakeholder perspective, be it HR, be it finance, be it, be it other areas. Although saying that, I think the HR have really taken it on board uh, really faster than, than some of the other functions that, that, that we interact with. So I, 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 I hand it over to you. For, um, Thanks. Thanks, Matthew. And uh, from my perspective, if I were to put my personal uh, journey into this, uh, it was a curious case of uh, some of my business colleagues leading me to a workshop on scaled agile. And believe me, I was really scared to be part of that group uh, to begin <laughs> with, not knowing, because I heard of uh, what are epics, what are release trains, what are portfolios, what are feature teams. And I was like, why am I going to be there? What's in it for me? But uh, that two-day uh, workshop, which I had, I was very pleasantly surprised. The first one day was focused on how agile is nothing but being in the mindset. And it's not only the technicalities of it. And that struck a chord in me saying that if it's that simple, of course, when I say it's that simple, it's not technical anymore. If it's about mindset, which better function than an HR to onboard it and be really the business partner as we normally uh, like ourselves to be uh, partnering with the business, wouldn't it be wonderful if uh, the HR also starts having the mindset of being agile, uh, not worrying about as much on the technical frameworks, of course, scaled agile has its uh, very nuances, which I'm not an expert on, but we can pick and choose a few things which are very relevant to us. And that for me, it led one thing to another and uh, we are here. It's been a while, uh, almost a couple of years now, uh, it's been interesting. It's been a journey and there is some way forward as well. Nice. So my, which leads me to my very next question to both of you, uh, given that, you know, you realize through this workshop that agile is a mindset. So if, if I may ask, because of course, agile is mostly an IT thing, right? To start with, it's always about, oh, it's not for us. It's for you. And you need to be more agile. And of course we know why we are in this journey. Uh, question is, which agile values or principles resonate most for U.S. business and U.S. HR and why? So maybe I'll go first or Matthew, you have a thought? Please, 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 yeah. Okay. So for me, uh, the one simple thing is in an agile manifesto, which many of you or all of you are familiar with maybe, there's something on customer collaboration. And for me, it just was the first resonance saying that for me as an HR, for me, the customer is the employee. And if I do not call out, collaborate with my employees or the vice versa, I don't onboard them to collaborate with me on the various things that I do as an HR professional, be it on policy making, the very basics of an HR foundation to even coming up with a new change that we want to bring in uh, in terms of the way we uh, do a performance management, the way we do uh, anything on appraisals. How can I do something in isolation? So for me, that customer collaboration is one of the key things easily translated to employee collaboration. Matthew? 
Yeah, so can I, I expand on that? So I, I'm not going to use maybe the classical terminology of Agile, but, but for me, the, the, the two powerful things that we've got out of it, one is alignment and the other is autonomy. The, the autonomy that we see particularly at the team level of the feature team to be able to make decisions, uh, have a shared ownership over, the, over how they will deliver what, the, what they're meant to be delivering, um, that is very powerful and very empowering for, for our staff. But the, for me, the key really is the alignment part where, uh, I mean, we've achieved it by bringing IT and Oxford together uh, as well, which is uh, taking it a step further. But there's also a, a very strong alignment with the business. So we, at the bottom, the product, uh, the feature teams and the product owners to the product management team to then the business line reviews. That very strong sense of alignment and therefore everyone pulling in the same direction really helps uh, then leave the energy for collaborating and, and working on what the best solutions are to get to the point that, uh, that we're all aligned on we, we want to get to. And that, that's been super powerful for us as an organization, but I also think it's something that's really helped in terms of how we've worked with uh, HR as well. And on that note, Sarika, if I may just take another minute, uh, the alignment yes. part, uh, all of a sudden the business started having uh, their models around the agile framework. So they had feature teams, they had roles defined like a chapter manager, a full stack developer, uh, a product owner. And we as an organization still had the classical way of positioning an individual in the hierarchical way, saying, Sumant, you are just a young graduate, so you are starting your journey. Slowly, you will become a senior manager, maybe a vice president, a director, and so on. From an employee's perspective, it doesn't make sense. When I'm working, I'm called a chapter manager or the, by the role that I've been uh, spoken of. But when it comes to my other aspects, be it uh, benefits or promotion or uh, growth in the organization, all of a sudden, there is a different vocabulary. For me, that doesn't resonate and we need to bring in together and to bring in together, it can't be done in isolation, only HR changes something. It has to be the way the business changed it for a rational. HR needs to understand it and co-create what needs to affect as a change in the organization. And again, uh, that's something uh, it doesn't come overnight. We have to work towards it and it's an elaborate, uh, I would say, debate, discussion that happens to say what's the best way to move around it. But uh, yes, that's a key uh, aspect if I were to give as an alignment uh, where it is really essential. The employee cannot see two different uh, organizations while at work and mm. while uh, outside uh, uh, from an HR point of view. And these are really good points that both of you brought in. Uh, and I'm now looking at, uh, so we, we've looked at the why, we've looked at the what. Before I dive into the how, I think there's an important aspect here that we are looking at from a co-creation point of view. Uh, both of you rightly brought in, I think, a couple of amazing points where you're talking of alignment, you've got autonomy, you've got collaboration and customer collaboration where, you know, you're not thinking of you as an HR, me as a business, you're already talking of a one team mindset. Would mm -hmm. you look at these as the key elements to make co-creation happen if, let's say, anybody else in any organization were to onboard such a co-creation journey, or would you add more elements to it? I'd love to hear from you, Matthew. I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, uh, for me, for co-creation, the, the starting point is, um, is a shared purpose. So again, so I come back to the alignment and a clear, and a clear target. 
Like then, 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 then the rest becomes a journey uh, to, to, to get there. Now, to make that journey successful, you need trust. And for trust, you need uh, openness and transparency. So you need to open to share what you're thinking, but open to listen to what's, what's coming back. Um, and uh, so I, I would say that if I then relate that back to HR, I mean, to be fair to HR, I think they're in a very difficult position because they're in a world where um, everyone has an opinion on people matters, right? And so I truly applaud the way someone and his team listen and, uh, and accept because no other function has so many cooks as, uh, as, as HR. So I, I think those principles have really helped uh, and the maturity in the team as well has really helped um, for us to be able to progress, progress on this journey. Thank you, Matthew. And uh, Sarika, that wasn't a sponsored comment. It came from... Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was so coming to that later. <laughs> Did you want to add more to that, Sumanth? No, no, I completely agree. And for me, trust is the utmost uh, in any co-creation, collaboration, basically mm -hmm. a working relationship. And uh, if I take the position saying I am the expert, I am the HR, and uh, I don't need anybody to tell me uh, what uh, I need to do, uh, I cannot uh, possibly even be at the table to co-create. And vice versa, business has to be empathetic to know it's all, not always the exceptions that we play with. You have to be also fair and uh, uh, equal to the entire organization and not only drive it based on the exceptions that happen. So it's a give and take, symbiotic relationship. I completely agree with what uh, Matthew just uh, highlighted. So that's a reverse kudos going the other way. Yes. <laughs> Well, uh, I think it will be interesting to understand uh, what kind of challenges. I mean, it's, it's great to say, you know, of course, we've had, you've, you've had opportunities where you've found trust, you've found transparency, you've co-created, there's been a shared purpose, alignment, autonomy. But we all know what happens behind the scenes is not as simple as we are saying it as. Mm -hmm. There's, of course, been like a million challenges or at least some key challenges or roadblocks that you found together on this journey and also maybe some individually on this journey uh, that you've had to you know cross as a team uh, that you could share because again that's uh, pertinent to your journey may not be the same for others journeys but would be great to hear from you. Hmm. So I, mean, I, I can go if yes please. You're yes. Yeah. So I guess on, on a macro level, um, in terms of our implementation of Agile, what, what, what someone was saying around, you know, the alignment of the new roles within the Agile piece versus the traditional structure, HR structures and, and hierarchy, that, that's a challenge. I, I then take that even further with our, with our IT and ops organization. How do we align, you know, IT have gone through the, Agile transformation, ops have had lean transformation but years ago. How do we kind of align that vernacular, the language around it, the, 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 not just the organization, but the, the practices, the ceremonies, et cetera. So that, that, that part's still, to be honest, we're still working on. From a, from a specific perspective on the HR side, I think there's a couple of things. Obviously, Agile is about iteration moving fast, iterating, testing, it's quite difficult to do that with people, right? <laughs> because 
I mean, you can't write a policy uh, with a new line this week and then uh, two weeks later after next week you add another line, right? So you, that part needs to be a bit, you need to be a bit careful with because it's confusing and you have to be very clear around, around, around that. I think the way we manage that is actually we've, uh, we've built policies by using co-creation and collaboration by creating focus groups on specific policies people are interested in it to build it from an employee perspective. So, so I think we manage that. Then the other thing I worry about, particularly related to people, is this in Agile, is this concept of minimum viable product, which I think from a development perspective works excellently, right? Instead of doing everything, the bells and whistles that makes you a cup of coffee in the morning and I don't know, puts you to bed at night. But from a people perspective, I worry that you don't want the minimum. Once you've got to the minimum viable product, you need to carry on and carry on, which in a sprint every two weeks is kind of possible because you, the velocity is quite high. But from a people perspective, every two weeks, you can't move that fast in a culture. So you need to be very careful that you work agile in terms of how you do it. But once you've got to the minimum viable product, the MVP, you need to know what you, before you get to that point, you need to know what you're going to be doing next. Because the, the minimum of our product it, with people is not acceptable in my mind. It's not, you can't do the bare minimum. You need to be doing the, the right thing, which is more than minimum. So I would say those are the, the, on the macro side, and then those are the two micro or the specific around the HR process. So for me, uh, how it's been is uh, one of the other uh, key aspects of a simple agile framework, which is uh, having a retrospection. So nothing is perfect. Uh, when you begin and uh, as long as you have the uh, willingness and the intent to look back uh, over a period of time and see what happened, uh, what transpired well, what could have been better and incorporate that and be receptive to feedback, of course, uh, give and take feedback. But the retrospection, I would say, is a key thing. Uh, giving an example, uh, we started uh, a few months back. Is that me? No? Okay. Uh, we started a few months back uh, with uh, intent to say we need an. Uh... Sorry, Thuman, that's that's me. Someone's someone's coming to my gate. <laughs> Apologize. Okay, okay, <laughs> fine. So th that's fine, Matthew. So uh, we did uh, constitute uh, what we called as an advisory board uh, for HR, uh, and why we did that. A quick note is uh, these are basically the business leaders, and Matthew is uh, one of them. Uh, who will uh, partner with us uh, on a, let's say, a monthly or a bi-monthly basis uh, to help prioritize any of the aspects that uh, we need from the uh, business. Let's say we want to re-look at our uh, performance management, how we do it. So we come up, in HR, we come up with some thoughts, run it by with the advisory board, they give their feedback, we work iteratively, and uh, we know we are in the right direction. Now, this sounded simple on paper to have an advisory board and follow the uh, process that I just mentioned. But when we started doing it, of course, there was an, um, the initial uh, uh, eagerness and energy to make everything right, make everything possible. So all everybody who got into it uh, in that room had a view. There was a lot of deliberation. There was a lot of debate and everything. For me, it was essential to know what really needs to be done. But then it was also taking up time saying that to arrive at a consensus 
if we need as much space and time, we also need to be cognizant of when do we go live with the change that we want to make. Mm. So this wouldn't have been possible if going back to what I was saying, retrospection, we called timeout and it was called out uh, by the business leaders as well saying, guys, okay, let's step back. We started with the intent. We took up a topic and this has been our experience. Do we really want to proceed it like so or can we change or uh, set the expectations of what we need um, uh, from the advisory board? It was a dialogue. It was a discussion. It was an open discussion as to why and why not uh, certain things should be. And we moved, moved forward. And believe me, over the last uh, few iterations that we have had, we've been able to churn out more topics consistently wherein the HR doesn't feel that having an advisory board is an additional layer of uh, approvals that they need to go through. At the same time, the advisory board is comfortable saying that they know what's coming and they become our ambassadors to help the change management when it actually goes live. So this retrospection is a key mindset we need to do. Uh, it's easier said than done. Uh, the more frequently we do it, the more openly we do it. Uh, we can always improve uh, in a better way. So that's a continuous learning that we will go through as we move on. Right. I really like the fact that, you know, you, you've got retrospection and I know Matthew mentioned the iterative approach to this. Yes. And yeah, given that uh, cyclical thing that, you know, sits in my head and for me, the whole lean change thinking, I, I see that already in it and I'm sure... Uh, um, Patrick, one of the participants here would resonate with me because what I hear is, you know, you have what you have, you've picked up where you were, you figured out new approaches, checked what options, you know, are the best to experiment with, tried something out, retrospected it, did it work well, not well, what can be changed, maybe even created an advisory board to that effect, then brought those inputs back into the whole cycle. So I I like the whole cyclical iterative approach that, you know, you've yes. got to the table. Really nice to hear that. Uh, though we still question it even, you know, when I work with different departments and we are like, your retrospective doesn't show us anything that you want to improve on. Everything's great. So what else can we change, right? And yes. hearing this is, of course, really nice that you're, you're continuously able to do that. Uh, Maybe another question still on challenges that still pops up in my head. These are still those technical aspects of challenges, right? Now, you're still two different departments. Uh, before I even talk about how is this journey sustaining, and you know, I heard you both say we're still on the journey, moving forward, et cetera. But right now, and of course, change is not easy to stick as you keep putting it forward. So do you see any fallouts happening? How are you enabling that to happen again? I'm sure you, you guys are still doing a lot of work there. How is that change being stuck, you know, so that things don't start to fall out? Do you see any challenges there? I'm sure there are many, but if you can highlight maybe one or two, because it's difficult for something new to stick. Uh, so maybe if I take a first uh, stab at it, uh, for me, yes, uh, rather than, uh, having to wait to find the picture-perfect solution, which invariably is the tendency uh, when we chalk up a new process or a policy or a framework in HR, we would like to make sure it is really fitting everybody's needs. And that uh, takes the prolonged effort. Whereas what we have been able to do in the uh, recent past is uh, we are able to come out with and uh, uh, let's say a policy as an uh, example, uh, which we have thought well, we go live with the clarity saying that 
once it goes live, we will receive certain feedback from the employees, although we would have reached out as best as possible to as many employees, but uh, there would be uh, feedback from the employees saying this doesn't fit the bill, uh, we need uh, some exceptions. Mm -hmm. The idea is to monitor these exceptions over a period of time, not necessarily react to everything, but even when you go live, you commit to the employees saying that, okay, uh, do share your feedback on a regular basis and we will uh, accommodate, accommodate that and we will uh, respond accordingly. So after, the, let's say, three months, six months, when we look back and see the number of exceptions that we are uh, managing, and if the policy is uh, having a one-page document, but the exception list is longer than a page, mm -hmm. something is really amiss there. And that reactivity is what I would say we need to make it happen and not, uh, one, wait for too long to get the right solution or the best solution as we always spoke for. At the same time, once it is live, we should not uh, hesitate to receive the feedback, look back on the uh, exceptions that you have uh, arrived at, and then make quick amends. And I, I have seen uh, good responses from uh, the employee base, uh, which is the uh, business employees, of course. Uh, they appreciate that. So for me, the challenge is there. Uh, but uh, we need to find that balance. Uh, not every time we are able to get it right, saying what is a good time to deliberate before we go live and after going live are we at it to really regularly review and improve upon it we are still learning uh, sometimes uh, once it's live people are done and dusted they move on to the next topic and they forget this one so we need to keep uh, our focus on that matthew are you matthew, on mute matthew sorry i was on mute Stop the humming of my, of my uh, phone. So Sarika, I pick up on the word, the integration part, right? So, and uh, this time I'll focus maybe more on my specific world. So as, uh, as you said in the introduction, I look after IT and ops for the, everything that we have for the investment bank that's here in India. And, um, uh, and so actually in our management team, we have maybe uh, roughly 12, 12 or 13 uh, people who are essentially running very like, almost like small businesses themselves because it, it, you can imagine it quite a large setup. Now, for the integration part, there's two things. One is uh, the HR, so someone's team are very integrated into those into those businesses. I mean, they're there, they're part of the, they're part of the management team, um, and they're very close to what's going on, and it's a very strong requirement. And uh, our our leaders are very keen for them to be there and very keen for them to be very close to their people and, and, and the business and understand what's going on. So that, that part helps. And additionally, we, this year we've tried out uh, OKRs, objectives and key results, right? So um, uh, in that, we've not left that at just a senior management team level, but we've also integrated our, our N-1s and N-2s in some cases onto those uh, objectives and, and managing the key results and delivering on the key results. Likewise, we've, we've pulled in the HR, uh, we've pulled in our HRBPs into that, right? Even though they're not, tech, you know, they're, they're part of our team, but they're not technically part of our organization. We've pulled them in. And that, again, that really helps for business understanding, but also alignment to the, to the, to the overall objectives because in theory, the, the objectives and key results, the OKRs are, are the most important things that we're meant to be um, delivering on. So, unfortunately, within, within the OKRs, one of them is very, very people-focused because that's one of our most uh, important focuses is, is our people. So, yeah. So, that, 
that full integration in, into into the way we work on a daily basis, I think that that's really helped. Um, uh, but I go back to that clarity on alignment and uh, and the target. Now, brilliant points from both of you, actually. Yeah. So, HR being integrated into business itself, and you know the fact that there is continuous listening. So that is also iterative, but yet continuous listening. And it's not just, yeah, we've heard you, but it's continuously listening in, being empathic where needed. So a lot of, yeah, brilliant points. Yeah, this is great. So I'm not gonna ask too many more questions. I do have a few more. I'll hold or at least pause. Let me open the floor for questions. And if there are not too many, then of course I'll come back to my questions. But uh, yeah, uh, people, the floor is open to questions. Uh, if you'd like to put it on chat or feel free to just unmute yourself and the question can go directly to our guests here. Hi, um, hi, Sumanth and Matthew, this is Geeta here. Um, just a quick one. I, I mean, I joined a few minutes late, so I don't know if you already covered this. Um, so, you know, as, as I see the two of you talking, um, I, I absolutely see, you know, that there's a lot of synergy and, um, and, you know, each of you support each other from a business and HR perspective. So it's working. So two questions. One is, how far are you in the journey that you wanted to get to? In, in, in what stage of the journey are you in? And um, two is... Um, you know, whenever a com organization wants to move to this model, it's not going to be as rosy as it is, right? So what are your um, suggestions in such instances? Hey, Geeta, uh, nice to have you here. Uh, so we have worked in the, together in the past, so that's how I know Geeta. Uh, so the first answer, uh, how far are we on the journey? I would say the journey never ends because uh, there will be change in the business. There will be changes uh, that the HR will adapt to. Um, the purpose of being agile uh, will remain, will continue. And when I say agile, again, nothing to do with the technical framework, just the agile mindset. So for me, the journey will never end. Uh, it's just the way and more uh, adapting that you want to be as an organization, as a function, uh, it will sustain. And on the second part, uh, Yes, it's never uh, rosy and uh, we have had a few good uh, discussions, I would put it that way, with Matthew, with the other business leaders. But those good discussions, uh, good uh, discussions uh, need to happen. And that for me is the starting or the building of the trust uh, that brings people together. And eventually it's all about uh, each one wanting to get it even better than what we are already doing. So the business has no vested interest to say their uh, per, uh, intent or objectives have to supersede what HR wants to do. And HR, of course, doesn't sit idle. It will always want to improve the organization and its uh, purpose. So for me, we need to create that environment wherein the two teams, uh, the HR and the business uh, functions, get that space and for me again i take the example of the hr advisory board i think it was a simple thing many times we think why don't we give that opportunity to hr or any enabling function uh, be it finance or uh, the crews or the admin teams that we have they should be given that opportunity just like if you look at the business side uh, typically they will have these reviews the committees that are there to oversee how the IT or the operations team are supporting the end uh, business customer. So why not give the same importance 
to these enabling functions because that's how they can get better. Uh, on one side, we say the enabling functions are sometimes the weaker links in an agile uh, journey of an organization, but then do we invest enough for them to grow, to, for them to learn? And that investment can only come from the business uh, themselves. So there is enough to win on both sides. So why not try it? And uh, you have to start somewhere as simple as that. So it's not rosy, but uh, as long as you enjoy doing it, uh, you will get a long way for Matthew. Yeah, uh, so I'm going to maybe in reverse order. So when, when you want to move there to some of the things, Again, uh, I talk about alignment. So at that shared purpose and shared understanding where to go is uh, is very is very important um, and important to spend time on that. But also uh, to understand that um, uh, that you'll make mistakes, you'll misinterpret uh, along the way, and particularly when you're talking about HR topics, as I said uh, earlier there will be lots and lots of opinions right? and you won't always be able to reconcile them. All. So, so I, I think if you accept that, then uh, that, that really helps. Um, in terms of how far are we in the journey, I'd say, uh, so when I, when I say the journey, I, I'll talk about the uh, full agile journey of uh, in my world of IT operations. Uh, IT and operations, and maybe also the, H, the HR piece. I'd say at quite a senior level, we, we've done very well. I can really see the mindset change and the the alignment, and I and I include the HRBPs in that. Uh, I think uh, with OKRs, we it's very clear on where we're going. The uh, but the impact being felt all the way through the organization is that that's where we still need to focus. And on, uh, again, at the start, I talked about, talked about that, that single language of, of agile uh, versus lean. And that, that type of thing is where, where we need to uh, really focus on over the next year or two. It's going to be a while before we really lock that down. Okay. Thank you. I hope that answered your question, Gita. Yeah. Thanks. So I have quite a few more questions. The one that's just come to me as a private message. How do we use the principles of SAFE? Because Sumanth, I think you mentioned SAFE. So how do we use the principles of SAFE in organizational development? Sumanth, so I will let you answer that question. <laughs> Again, I'm not the expert and I wouldn't say I would comment on the SAFE part. What I have been trying to uh, align towards is the simple Agile Manifesto. And even if I take uh, some of the principles, one which I elaborated a bit earlier on the uh, uh, customer uh, collaboration. So organization development is something uh, which eventually impacts the employees, right? Uh, when you change a structure, when you redefine certain, uh, the way the uh, levels or the seniorities in the organization, pyramid of the organization is done. If you keep the employee in the center, uh, and for me, again, Agile always says uh, the, uh, the customer uh, is whom you finally deliver to and uh, you should only deliver what the customer wants practically, right? Uh, not more, not less, preferably either. So it should be like so. And for me, if that uh, those principles are taken in the pure English sense without trying to go deep, uh, analyzing it technically, it is very simple to correlate to an HR world. Same thing of uh, when we talk about... Uh, 
the autonomy that we need to give the people right uh, we talk about the people who are working in hr many times uh, we do not give the clarity and the purpose to our own team members as to what they are doing how is it really contributing to the strategy of the organization so doing an od for the sake of it doesn't mean anything do you understand the business strategy and what matthew mentioned earlier when there were workshop when there are workshops at the start of the year when the business is defining its roadmap for the hr to be there and to understand ah okay this is what the business wants to arrive at at the end of the year or two years and what is it that hr should do and in that if an od is what it is required propose but if it doesn't mean if it's a stable matured business and od has no purpose to it don't just do it for the sake of it so for me always that uh, uh, understanding of where the business wants to be the you're providing the purpose to your own team how it ties to what the organization strategy is gives that so for me these are the ways i would tie uh, agile principles uh, into how the hr could adapt uh, in a matter of fact way i would say right in fact um, i'll i'll just add to what you said uh, sumanth and uh, previously matthew because you're already talking of the safe principles in a big way where you're talking of applying systems thinking um the cadence at which you're working i i already heard all of that i yes. heard the iterative approach to so i think a lot of what i've seen in the safe frameworks the lean uh, safe principles that uh, lean agile principles that safe talks around also i think decentralizing decision making another key principle and if you look at what you have in your parts of the organization so uh, it's pretty much getting applied already as i hear are all of them getting applied of course very difficult for me to say but i hear you and it resonates with the lean agile mindset Perfect. that comes from the Perfect. safe uh, thanks thanks for that sarika yeah but um okay um, so for the person who asked me this question privately do do confirm if you know your question has been answered so i'd i'd love to have a confirmation on that that would be nice uh another question that i have uh, from patrick is how do you coordinate integration at an international level uh and correct me patrick if uh, we're wrong to understand it because first i think you heard that you know this is india and also paris and and is that the integration that you're referring to yeah uh okay uh, i'll try i'll try to take that so um i mean from a from a hr and a business perspective i mean we're talking purely local to be honest uh you know hr i mean clearly there's a global hr organization and clearly there are um uh the way hr is integrated in in paris or in london into into the businesses is fairly similar to what to 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 what we have here but um but what the examples and things we're giving is is a very local perspective then yeah? um in terms of the uh, what i've described in terms of the organizational change we've done from an agile perspective with with itops then then that's clearly driven at a global level and we uh, we manage a matrix structure so we have the management here then um most of our senior managers have got managers in paris and it is that all uh come from a desire to do it uh globally and uh, and is fully aligned actually across the across the globe in terms of the way we do it and it has to be because particularly we're in a service essentially a service center for want to a better phrase you know we're an offshore entity we actually do work for 
uh, Hong Kong and for Paris and for London and for New York. And uh, so the way we work had to be, for it to work well, you know, it has to be similar. And, and it is in terms of the, um, the feature team, the product, the PMTs, all that type of stuff. They, they, clearly that, that has to be there. Plus, as well, being an international banker and is a global business client, trade global markets. So and they, um, we want as possible, as much as possible for them to have a singular experience across, uh, across those global markets. So I'm not sure if I fully answered the question, but again, HR and, uh, and business is really a local topic, what we're focusing on here. But the transformation we've done has been done, uh, done globally. Um, and it has to be otherwise it, otherwise otherwise it wouldn't work right and perhaps it's a good point where I'm going to add the rest of Patrick's question which he mentioned later and that probably should add uh, an input there for you Matthew is you talked about starting from a purpose what is yeah. the purpose and have you and how have you spread or aligned on that purpose beyond being agile yeah so yeah I saw that question so the 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 purpose, the purpose was essentially to create a tech and data culture that utilizes um, scarce resources in an efficient, you know, in the most efficient way. I.e., we we don't spend time doing things which are other either other people are doing or or working in different directions, working in parallel, because we don't, you know, in in today's world and especially now, we we don't have the resources to, to be doing the same thing three or four times or for people to be pulling in, trying to do this, get to one objective, but pulling in different directions. But that was the, that was the fundamental principle. So use of scarce resources in the most efficient and effective manner. And we really believe that agile would, would, would bring us that. And, uh, and then the bringing together is really this tech and data culture because for, um, for a bank, you know, it's very technology driven. Um, and uh, so IT is super important, um, but for IT to really work um, uh, effectively, they have to understand the business and therefore bringing those two parts together, uh, we feel is a really powerful combination and we believe it's working. Cool, yep. Thanks, Patrick, for confirming that. Um, another question uh, from Vicky. Uh, do you think leaders are critical, are a critical challenge or a critical key challenge on the agile journey and not HR? <laughs> That's an interesting one. Okay. Can I answer that? Can I answer that, Matthew? <laughs> yeah, please, <laughs> No, no, no. I'm just pulling your leg, Matthew. But... Uh, uh, Maybe if I understand the question right, um, do you see the business leaders to be a challenge uh, towards an HR agile journey? Is that the question? Yes. 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 Okay. Uh, frankly, no, because for me, uh, be it business leader, uh, HR people, uh, finally, it's the individuals and uh, many times HR is a problem for itself. Uh, we do not want to come out of the well-defined uh, organization or the setup or the bubble that we have and say, no, this is how it is done. 
and we always have the good uh, 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 the rationale of saying it is legally not allowed compliance you won't allow us it's never done before and this is not what we do in in here i remember uh, uh, matthew discussing something he experienced he's from uk by the way if you guys didn't guess it already he said in my life before i have experienced this and this is what hr used to do my first reaction was matthew this is not uk this is india but for me then the realization sets in what is it that unique of the two countries so long story short uh, i don't think the business leaders per se uh, bring in a challenge uh, if we get the right intended people to come to the table uh, and uh, it works both sides of the table hr and business it's doable uh, for me it's the same uh, if i were to correlate it when uh, matthew has been saying the very purpose they went for agile in the business world so the customer the end customer unless he or she is willing to work in an uh, iterative way the it and the ops team can only do so much so for me it's precisely the same example if it takes time for the end customer to know how uh, they can benefit by being in an agile way collaborative way owning the product etc it may take time but i don't see it as a real big challenge in fact uh, you could be pleasantly surprised uh, that was the missing ingredient and you get a few good uh, right minded people and it clicks matthew i yeah, yeah i think um uh i mean clearly leaders business leaders can be a challenge if they don't buy into into the changes that need to be to be made i think what's very uh, well i'd say that and i'd say the other thing is if they if they believe that they uh understand how to translate all of those to people priorities without involving the specialists which is our which is our hr department right so that's that's where the real collaboration happens so you know we may have business needs which need to be translated to people priorities and there may be people priorities uh, which are coming out of changes or even just to stay just go sometimes which uh, may have to which may drive some business needs and so uh, the key there is is uh, openness on both sides to as we discussed before to listen and and to and to work together um to to achieve the achieve the goals which sometimes will change but to achieve achieve what we want to want to what we want to do and where we want to go to right and a brilliant point i think that both of you brought out was alignment around the shared purpose so if right is with the alignment towards the shared purpose they are going to be unstoppable i guess yeah. and, and just uh, there's a journey to get to the shared purpose right and yes, yes of course there is and just a side note on that uh, where it has worked amazingly well is uh, on a diversity and inclusion topic which uh, maybe typically is seen as an hr topic again the how to build more diversity and inclusion in an organization in our world uh, what we have been able to achieve is the entire dni core team is only of business leaders of course hr is there but not because they are hr it is because somebody in hr is passionate on that topic the rest of them right from the sponsor to the and matthew is uh, one of the co sponsor on uh, critical uh, aspect everybody is from the business so for me it works wonderfully wherein uh, if there is a the shared purpose i keep repeating that uh, and finally for hr it's a blessing in disguise that they get to do things uh, what they always wanted to do but in a more uh, faster uh, purposeful mm-hmm. way yeah 
Does that help respond to your question, Vicky? Yes, uh, actually, I just want to hear a point of view from both of you because I do believe that uh, from your past experience and from my experience or even from other experience, uh, there are different point of view as well. So that I, I, I'm happy to hear from your experience. Thank you very Thank much. You. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, one last question uh, or second last because I'm going to ask still that one last question that I do want to keep for both of you. Uh, so here's a question from Radhika. Uh, in the current framework, uh, we have the HR business partner structure that helps integration with business. And it seems to be working well with the agile format. Uh, here, what we tend to drop is the HR for HR. How do we do HR business partners for HR function? Key three topics we can pick up and run in Kanban mode. I'm not sure if I completely understand the question, but I'd love for Radhika to ask the question. If and It's a lot of questions in that one question, I see. Radhika, would you someone like to unmute yourself? HR for HR, someone. <laughs> Hi, uh, Radhika here. Yes, it is about HR for HR. So uh, primarily, my question is around the topic Sumant was mentioning. Uh, in HR, you know, we are actually not as agile as business is. Even when uh, the change management happens, we do have the conventional framework and mindset that we are not ready to shed. And it's, it actually uh, puts a lot of roadblocks in the journey. How do we sure. convert that? I, how can we do the organizational change management in HR function? In HR. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. That uh, clarifies. Thanks, Radhika. And I'll try to okay. share uh, what we have been doing. And uh, uh, so, yes, uh, like uh, Matthew mentioned, uh, when they started on the agile journey, uh, some of us in HR, uh, the curious minds, uh, took the step uh, to be part of the uh, change management that the business was doing for their own uh, employees, right? Uh, the team members saying, what is agile? Why is it uh, purposeful? And there was a, uh, the, uh, I forget the name of the program, but it was basically to onboard on agile. And some of us from HR participated in that because it had got nothing to do with business. It is just to say, how can you be agile? So the awareness is the first one. Second, uh, by not being the experts, we still said, okay, at every start of the year, just like business creates a roadmap, breaks it down. And nowadays uh, they're moving towards the OKR uh, starting next year. We also in HR would like to move to OKR. We are learning the uh, tricks of the trade again from the business. What is an OKR? How do we define OKR? But even without the OKRs this year, what we did is broke our uh, objectives, created small topics, projects, and we purposefully identified those, how they align it to the business needs or the organization needs in some way, or even what we wanted in HR to be done. And we created them as small topics, gave it as an open option to our team members who are interested based on either they want to learn something or based on what they have done in the past and they would like to redo it. It was a voluntary involvement. So that way they have their own choice to pick the topics. And each of these projects, we tried to bring in the rigor in a uh, not a so forceful way, but in a uh, uh, easy manner to saying, can we meet every four weeks, look at the progress and there is no IT development here. It is about if we were to relook at uh, when we were onboarding the uh, as part of the inclusion, uh, the LGBTQ population, we wanted to be uh, equal uh, 
opportunity employer. So we wanted to relook at our policies. Are they inclusive of our LGBTQ uh, population? So we said, okay, somebody needs to, over the next three to four weeks, look at all the policies that we have, look at the industry market intelligence, come back with an analysis saying that what is it that we are missing? Where is it that we need to invest? That was the first iteration. Once they achieved that, we said, okay, now can you break it down, go back to the legal compliance, budgetary finance work, and come back with the purposeful proposal saying that in the next two weeks, when you come to the table, you will have something meaningful and something that we can go back to the HR advisory board and say, guys, this is what we think we should do. It will be impactful. It will be uh, delivering our uh, goals. Once that was done, once the HR advisory board uh, uh, agreed on it, we again broke it up into the next two or three weeks and said, now start implementing it, which is again, go back, do some focus group discussions with the uh, employees because you can't drive a policy change by yourself. Go back, identify the sample population, do the focus group. Again, it's a principle of agile, so a small reaching out to the employees. And eventually, once you roll out the change, follow up with the change, what I mentioned, the retrospection, look back at all the exceptions. So it need not have been with the uh, definition saying that you are following agile by the true spirit of the agile manifesto and the safe or the scaled agile. No, but you have an agile mindset to begin a journey, move, keep moving, look for uh, the right inputs at the right time, break it up and then do it. The people are liking it. The feedback from the team has been they are more than happy to have these. And it also brings a very good collaboration within the HR team because previously HR business partners were the only ones driving projects. Now there is a CNB team person, not because he is a CNB, but he wants to work on the topic. There is a talent acquisition person. There is a L&D person coming together, making it happen. So for me, it is creating a purpose within HR. And uh, one thing for sure is we would like to continue into the coming years as well. So curiosity, awareness, and then finally giving them the opportunity and the space, which is what we call autonomy or the purpose. And uh, people pick it up. Huh? Finally, everybody is uh, wanting to work uh, for the better. So it works. True. true. Driving innovation and you know process improvement opportunities, they would be able to identify something within their uh, domain or the area that they are working in. So exactly, exactly. And that innovation just reminds me, sorry to interrupt. Uh, we have a framework in the organization which allows the business uh, ideas to be brought into an innovation space. We call it incubation and it goes by the tag name Catalyst. Wherein the business ideas get an opportunity to be evolved into an IT or a digital solution. So we encouraged our own team members to saying, hey guys, you are employees participate and believe me there is one idea which finally fructified and it is on the candidate experience which has gone live uh, as of uh, a few months back and that team uh, which participated in that is real full of enthusiasm because they saw their idea being helped uh, in the same framework that the rest of the organization benefits out of and eventually they have a solution which uh, they're happy with so it's a self-fulfilling cycle to get. Uh, so basically give HR or any enabling function the same importance that you give to a business team and rest will follow. For that. Great. Thank you very much. Uh, Radhika, I'm hoping your question was completely answered. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Sarika. Perfect. Thanks, Radhika, for confirming. All right, my uh, because we are uh, 
going to be two minutes past. So my very short question before we close this, uh, both to you, Matthew and Sumant. If you had to give just one or two key takeaways for anybody to, you know, what do we do as maybe the first thing or second thing to onboard this journey? Any two really key points to onboard a co-created journey like you have? What would your heart and soul tell people to do? Oh, maybe I should have saved my last statement already. I would repeat uh, saying curiosity. I mean, that uh, doesn't kill the cat for sure, but curiosity is where you begin. And uh, with curiosity uh, to know why is it and how is it that the business is able to do something differently should trigger a thought within HR. And I'm sure each one of us in HR are equally able to adapt, uh, adopt it. Uh, second is uh, trust. Uh, it's okay to bring business to the table that do not always intend to put the HR down. They do collaborate. They do have the right uh, people topics in their heart, although they always focus on business, but eventually people are the ones who deliver the business. So they cannot deny that people matters uh, come at the end or the bottom of the rack. They can pleasantly surprise you. So go with the trust, and uh, you never know. You will start on a journey, and before late, it is uh, you're well ahead in it. Matthew. Yeah. So um, I mean, we've talked about in terms of the key tenants. Uh, we've talked a lot about in terms of the alignment, alignment, alignment. Right. That that part. But I guess uh, um, there's always a trigger that will start the journey. You, know, so you may not spot it straight away. Um, but once you, once you do spot it, it's important to, uh, to, to recognize it and then work out, you know, how you leverage that trigger point to the maximum. There's that point, which is, which is the done consciously, but there's also, um, don't, don't underestimate the power of osmosis. Um, you know, I take OKR as an example. So we started that in our organized, in, in our part of the world, the investment bank part of the world. HR are now taking on another part is going to take, take it on. So if there are good ideas, people will naturally see them and start to align to them. So it's, um, uh, it can be very powerful to spread uh, of a way to spread through an organization. And then lastly, I guess, trust in the journey. Brilliant. Fantastic point. I'm just going to sum it up with have trust one in yourself and on the journey and the people involved in making that journey happen, right? So that's really nice. So with that, I think I'm going to thank both of you for one, finding the time to share your journey. I think it's been a brilliant conversation. Uh, I'm sure people have taken some takeaways away from this. Uh, I personally have. I've learned more than what I came in with. So that, that's really uh, enriching for me. So thank you, Matthew. And thank you very much, Suman. Thanks, Arika. Thanks, everyone. Have a nice yeah, day. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks. and thank you, everyone. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And thank See you, everyone, you, for the fantastic questions. Yeah. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.